Welcome to Miracles in Recovery with Ray Lynch. If you are one of the millions of people facing addiction issues or the loved one of someone who is, we're here to help and to discuss solutions. Hope is in your corner. Now, here's your host, Ray Lynch. Good evening and welcome to Miracles in Recovery. Today is February 1st. Man, we're blowing through this year already too, aren't we? Thank goodness. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, I would like it to slow down a little bit. I mean, we're one day closer to death, as this song says. (laughs) I don't think about it that way. I'm working working really, really, really hard this month because it's year-end stuff coming in, and I will be very happy when February and March get here, get in the middle of it, and maybe some of this stuff will be over. Some of us, some of us still have to work, and some of us get a, a deluge of stuff at the end of the year. Yeah, and that's what I'm processing that now. So I'm tired, and I want it to be over. Bring her in. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I got gotcha. you. We um, in in the retired business, we don't have any end of year stuff or beginning of year stuff. Ultimately, we did do our um. um I had to, uh, I'm just typing something right now. Hold on a minute. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. He's doing it, he's doing it. I can't do three things at once. Um, no, we had our end of year uh, after action report for Toys for Tots, and it ended up we gave away, or we donated to the community 34,097 toys to 7,634 children. Oh, that's wonderful. Or something like that. That is just wonderful. So, yeah. Yeah, and um, that's the only end-of-year stuff that I ever have to worry about. The uh, And they try to make it so that it opens up on January 2nd, and you have January 2nd at midnight, and it closes at January 15th at midnight. So it gives you 13... Uh, days for um to get it done and there's 804 campaigns i think well nationwide and uh like in the bahamas and in the virgin islands um that have to get it in on time and the majority of people i I don't want to say the majority but half the people get it in like the first week and then the second half of the people get it in the last two days. Yeah. And and the funny thing is, is like I I immediately get on as soon as it's open. Like I got on, made sure that I could, made sure I had all my numbers, everything was right. But I just didn't hit send because I didn't want it to be over that quick. Uh-huh. So I waited till the next day, hit send, it says balanced, and I'm good to go. I, I don't have to worry about it. I'm done, complete forget about it and um the woman in atlanta they service like a hundred over a hundred thousand children you okay. know and they they okay. give away hundreds and hundreds of thousands of toys she waits till the night before clockwork waits well, till the night before probably takes that long to get everything together for um, that many kids i would think that's a lot well it's kind of it's kind of if there's there's um, there's fail safes along the way, 
uh, that you can you can put your numbers in weekly. Mm-hmm. So all you have to do is print that out, and you have them all there, totaled and everything. So you have the totals all right there. Yeah, I'd have it all in spreadsheet. Yeah, well, it does it for you. The system does it for you. I don't use it. Right. I just go by, um, I mean, I do, but this year I didn't. And um, I just go by count. We just count at the thing. Instead of instead of me putting it down, we just, we counted and I kept it on a piece of paper. And it was, uh, what I had to do was, what took me time, was adding it adding up and making because, yeah. yeah. But um, we do have a guest tonight, and that's why we were a couple of minutes late coming on the air. We tried to get her through Zoom, and um, she's got a big mouth already, but she was overpowering us with her laptop, so (laughs) she had to call in. Rena, are you out there? Of course I am. There she is. There you are. Can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. Do you want me to talk louder? No, no, you talk loud enough. You you got a big enough mouth, hon. Hi, everybody. So how are you? What are you doing down here in Florida? Okay, I'm down here in Florida because the average temperature in New England right now is 20 degrees. And it fluctuates. (laughs) Okay. And what happened was I went to a doctor and he said, you're allergic to the snow. So I got the heck out of there because they got like six to eight inches. Yeah. I mean, I've been battling this for years. I couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. And I finally found a doctor who told me exactly what was wrong with me. I'm allergic to snow. Here I am. Maybe one of those sunshine prescriptions, huh? Well, he didn't even have to write the prescription. You know, we self-medicate. That We're famous for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those of us in recovery uh, have a PhD in self-diagnosis. So I, I, you know, at one time I was a phlebotomist. I've been a surgeon, and now I uh, am an I'm an uh, internal medicine doctor. And so, really, what happened was I I go to Mexico every year the last week in January with seven crazy girls from Wisconsin and Iowa, and because of COVID, we didn't want to go to Mexico. It was really a pain in the rear end. So we ended up renting a house over in Naples, and then I ended up changing my flight, and now I'm on the East Coast. And I'm changing it again because I think I want to go to the Keys this weekend. You want to go to the Super Bowl, you said? I Well, let's talk about the Super Bowl, shall we? <laughs> How about Tom, well, now, now, how about now this is This yeah. is where, let me, hold, hold on, let me throw this disclaimer down there, <laughs> that, that you're a Patriots fan, that's a turncoat now because Tom Brady's in the Super Bowl. Okay, let me back you up a little bit, Mr. Lynch, okay? I am a New England Patriot fan forever and ever. Patriot Nation, right? It's the greatest football team in the, in the world. Globally, nobody does not know the New England Patriots. And they were great. They had great players, and they had a great quarterback, Tom Brady. And, and Tom Brady left and went to the Buccaneers. Am I a hater? No, I'm not a hater. I love Tom Brady. So I'm not a turncoat, but so, I got to support one of these teams in the in the Super Bowl. And I'm happy that Tom made it there, and I'm rooting him on like crazy. I was rooting him oh, on. So, so, so hey, am I. I the so am I. But Tom- I'm not a Patriots fan. I'm not a Patriots fan. No. If anything, I would you could say. Um, I'm a I'm a Brady fan. I'm not a Patriots fan. So I I, I, well, I like the way 
works. I mean, there's no, there's no one better. That, that's, there's no, nobody can argue that fact. The fact Tom of the matter Brady is, is American, the GOAT, greatest of all time. Well, in the, in the sport of football, punk, yeah. Mahomes, they got this punk from Mahomes, Kansas <laughs> City, thinks he's the GOAT. He hasn't even, it, listen, he hasn't even won yet. When he's running around with six Super Bowl rings on, then we could talk about Mahomes being a GOAT. But right now, Mahomes is just some kid from Kansas City. With great aspirations, I guess, right? No, you know, truth be like told, we last were. year. No, like we were. We had great aspirations. <laughs> Look how we turned out. We I turned think- out okay. We turned out okay. When I saw Mahomes last year, year before last, whatever it was he started, I was like, I like that kid. I hope he wears a Patriot jersey someday. But uh-huh. he, listen, he got all the money over there in Kansas City. What did he get, $500 million or something? Yeah, he's going nowhere. So he's, don't get he'll, hurt, he'll, kid, he'll, but he'll I... He'll in Kansas City. Okay, I don't think it makes me... football. <laughs> I don't think it makes so, hey, Rita, why don't you tell us a little bit, seeing this, is a, uh, seeing this is a real-life show um, mm. based on addiction and recovery, share a little bit about um, who you are and where your recovery has brought you. Um, I would love to. So, um, hey, what's the um, station? Now? How can they turn into the podcast? I'll, I'll tell you during the break. What's the name of your show? What's the I'll name tell of you show? during the break. Let's just go. Because I'm thrilled to death that uh, you're down here doing this uh, recovery and addiction podcast. So God bless you. So, yeah. So I'm Rena, and I'm, from, I'm, a, I'm a third generation Rhode Islander. And every time I tell people that, they're like, Rhode Island? It, what part of New York is that? I'm like, hey, pick <laughs> up a, G, a map, okay? Rhode Island, one of the first original 13 colonies and yes we have dope in Rhode Island so there I was born and raised in Rhode Island wonderful parents wonderful wonderful parents right both worked nice home just you know never wanted for anything I was the first born so I didn't grow up like some people's story are there was a lot of trauma no trauma in my life grew up with great parents they got divorced I had two Christmases two Easter's you know what I mean like I wanted for nothing as a kid, but you know, I grew up with this overwhelming sense that I never was good enough, that I wasn't pretty enough, my nose was too big, my boobies were too small, you know what I mean? Like, I wore um, uh, Wranglers and everybody was wearing Levi's. It was always an outside thing, and I just never felt like I fit in, I never felt part of, until I was 13 years old, and I put some alcohol in my body. And all of a sudden, my boobies grew, my nose was smaller, I was funnier, smarter, my family was fine. And it was off to the races. You know, some people's story is they started using and then it got out of hand. Not mine. I was 13, first time I drank, I drank a whole bottle of gin, blacked out and threw up everywhere. First time I smoked pot, I smoked the whole three-finger lid and didn't stop till it was gone. And it just progressed. You know, if anybody, I'm sure you everybody knows about the progression of this disease. And I just progressed, you know, and it went from alcohol to weed to pills to cocaine to uh, opiates. You know what I mean? And by the time I was 18, graduated from high school, 
with four years of college scholarships awaiting me, and I wanted to get high, and I wanted to get drunk, and I wanted to use. And by the time I was like 18, I don't even think it was six months after I graduated from high school, I had a needle in my arm. And I moved out of my parents' house, and it was downhill from there, you know. I got clean when I was 27, and during those, you know, that short 14 years, uh, you know, by 19 or 20, you know, I was a hooker on the streets of Fall River, Massachusetts. You know, the city you of Mills and Lizzie Borden. Yeah. And then, um, no, it's, you know, you know, it's I, funny when it's, it's funny when you said, when you said you got clean when you were 27, um, It, that that just kind of like that just kind of rocked me a little bit. Like I was like 20, 27 and I had to immediately start counting. I was like, yeah, okay, I was I was twenty eight, and um, you know, because we were in and detox together. We were in your last. We were in your last detox together, and and uh, we it's just so crazy that there's only. Well, that was my that was my second to last one because I didn't stay clean. Oh, okay. I thought you did. I, I didn't stay did. clean I, that time I know because, I didn't, but I thought you did. No, neither one of us did. Yeah. <laughs> neither one of I us will. did. That was, we met in 1986 in a state-funded detox, you know, the styrofoam slippers. You know, I laugh when families come to me and they want to send their kids to Delray to a $50,000 a month, you know, treatment program because... Money won't buy recovery. I don't care what you spend on your no. kids. They are, you know, addicts get clean uh, through a combination of divine intervention, you know, tough love. Saturation. And, you know, usually the day before they die. Yeah, you know? yeah. Gr gratefully, with a lot of them, the day before they die. We're going to go to uh, break now. Die. Call 866-472-5792. That's 866 472 with your questions or comments. When Ellen and I return on the Miracles Your Recovery radio show. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with host Nancy Kerala. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. Together with her guests, we'll explore C. diff infection prevention, treatments, clinical trials, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. If you or somebody you love is dealing with an addiction to alcohol or drugs, you may be looking for all kinds of answers. Let Recovery Radio with host Zach Crouch be your guide. Zach Crouch will speak with experts and share personal stories of addiction recovery. You'll also learn what's beyond the surface of mental health, root causes of addiction, and more. Most importantly, we'll explore the solutions and treatments to get you back on track. Recovery Radio. New episodes are available every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. 
Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. listening to miracles in recovery to reach the program today please call in to 1-866-472-5792 that's 1-866-472-5792 you may also send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org now back to this week's show and welcome back if you or your organization would like to be a featured guest on the show please send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org and we'll send you an information packet on how to schedule a time for you to be on the show so that we can focus on what you have to bring to the recovery community and right now we have a featured guest rena welcome back hello my friend i love your i love your little southern drawl there uh- I love it. North Carolina. Mountains and, well, mountains and mountain. all the rest of it. A little hill. A little hill in North Carolina. I, yeah. I have something about Southern girls. They all sound so innocent. <laughs> Actually, I am. She is. Her daughter yeah, is not. I am. My daughter's not. I think her story <laughs> is pretty similar to yours, actually. I was going to ask you, how did your parents react to... You know, at 13, you start doing stuff, and I'm sure it, it was pretty bad in high school. Did they know? Oh, it was. You know, I did, you know, from like 13 to 18, um, I was living at my parents' house, and, you know, every week I was the chick who took out four of the neighbor's mailboxes, you know, coming home. I yeah. got in car accidents. They'd have to pick me up at the ER. I mean, you know, they saw me go from an honor roll student in high school to barely getting by, and then I got my shit together to get the scholarship. So, you know, they they didn't, you know, it was the 70s and 80s. It was a different time. You know, I had keg parties at my house because there was no mad, sad, or glad then. You know, my, you know, my right, parents, right. Um, it was just, it was a different time. You know, uh, cocaine was cool in the 80s, for crying out loud, you know, and, um they just thought I was partying like everybody else, only I had a string of bad luck. They didn't really know that I was a dope shooting lion hooker on the streets of Fall River until after I went to detox at 27 years old. Really? You know, they were used, you know, they were used to me, they, you know, by the end, they didn't, I was no longer welcomed in their house. Yeah, I think that's, the, so, I think that's, that's just the natural yeah, progression. Yeah, pretty I mean, typical. We all, yeah. We, we or you get thrown out, and then oh, I've, I've gone to rehab. I'm okay. So you let them come back. Yeah, stuff starts disappearing again. Yeah, you know, go to the pawn shop and get it back, or the cops are, show up. Yeah, 
Addicts are the best liars and manipulators in the world. And what we really know how to do is to manipulate the people that love us the most. You know, if you really love me, Mom, you'd take my son so I could run to Florida. I got an opportunity. You know, that was always my story. You know, if you really loved me, you know I want to do better. I just need this, you know, one more time. And, you know, my parents uh, didn't really become educated until after... I'll tell you a quick story. This is how they kind of get educated. So I'm I'm 27. I'm strung out. You can buy and sell me for a bag of dope. You know, here I was, you know, uh, a future college superstar, and I'm just a hooker on the streets of Fall River. Not a glamorous life, you know? And, you know, every time Dick and Harry could buy me for a bag of dope. And I was racing to a methadone clinic. So I'm going to try methadone for the... 10th time, and I'm racing to the methadone clinic on the highway, and my stepfather's truck comes by me, and he tells me to pull over. He was a contractor, and so I pulled over, but, you know, I'm impatient because i got to get to this methadone clinic. I don't have time for family activities. I mean, at this time, I'm not living at home anymore. They, they would see me in spurts. You know, two, three weeks would go by. They didn't see me. I'd be dropping off uh, my son. I had a son in the middle of this. I'd be dropping him off on a Friday, telling him I'll be back Sunday, and I'd show up two weeks later. So he oh, wow. sees me. I pull over. He gets out. He, I get out of the car on the side of the road. He says, where have you been? Your mother's worried. You've got to call your mother. And I said, hey, listen, everything's fine. I'm, I'm racing to a job. I go to the clinic. I come back. My mother calls me that night crying. Your father saw you. He told me he thinks you have leukemia. So, <laughs> and the I said, you know what, Mom? And at the same time, I was going into detox for the last time. It was October of 1987, and I had called, you know, Doctor's Hospital again and begged them to take me back, and I was going to detox the next day. And I said, listen, Mom, I'm going to detox. I'm not, I don't have leukemia. I'm strung out on heroin, and things are bad. And, you know... I, she started crying, but it was, you know, I, I don't know if it was a sense of relief. And I went to detox, and it was the last time. And it was the last time for a number of things. It's like the perfect storm for addicts. My parents were praying. I wasn't welcomed at their house. They were threatening to have my son taken away from me. I was being evicted from my Section 8 apartment. The rent was only $75 a month. Right. And um, I got to that detox the day before I died. You know, and my parents came up on one of those parent things and they told them, go to Naranon. You need to go to Al-Anon. You need to educate yourself on how to detach with tough love. And they did. And I'll tell you, once parents get educated, that'll ruin your high. Yeah, <laughs> very much so. Very you know, much so. You know, the, the, is that is that place still open? I mean, I yeah, know it, I know it changed day. its name to AdCare or something yep. like that. But is is that hospital still physically standing? Hey, I celebrated thirty years clean what three years ago, and I called to talk to Doctor Pike because remember Doctor yeah. Pike Ray? Yeah, I do. Yeah, he, yeah. <laughs> so, and uh, I called and I said, "Listen, you know, I was in your detox in October nineteen eighty seven." And I'm celebrating 30 years clean this month. And I just wanted to tell you, thanks for not giving up on me, you know. Right. And Dr. Pike didn't smother you. You know, he told you, you need to stay, go to a halfway house, yeah. you know. And I did what they told me. I didn't know how to stay clean. You know, 
I was a savvy girl from the streets. I could rob, steal, lie, cheat, credit cards, safes, tricks, johns, right? But I didn't know anything about You knew how to use, you didn't know how to stay clean. No, exactly. That's, yeah, that's, I think that's, I think that's everyone's plight that, uh, that makes the decision that, um, you know, after you hit your saturation point that, you know, using may not be the best option today, but like, we don't know how to not use when we're out in public, you know, and thank God for people like that, that could kind of show us the way and give us a little bit of, uh, you know, temporary education in order to get us through what it was that we were going through. Yeah, you know, kudos to the people who work in treatment. I mean, you know, I went into this detox. I had all the answers. I was going in for two weeks, little spin dry, let the scabs heal, get the yellow out of my eyeballs, you know, get some meat on my bones. I went to detox. I was 27. I weighed a buck ten. My eyes were falling in the back of my head, scabs up and down my arms. God knows what kind of, you know, uh, communicable diseases I had. Uh, and, you know, well, I was only going me, for two so weeks. I think you were clean. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you certainly hope I was, baby. <laughs> and, but, you know, I went in there and all full of, you know, street smarts. And, um, and I don't know, it's divine intervention. I started to listen. And they were saying things like meeting makers make it. Pray to have the obsession to use removed. Be grateful yeah. at the end of the day if you stayed clean. Meeting makers make it. Go to meetings. Get a sponsor. You know, don't hang out in bar rooms, crack houses, and shooting galleries. And no, Rena, you can't be a whore anymore, you know? But I wanted isn't to fast it, money it cra- fast Isn't life. it crazy that, isn't it crazy that those familiar terms that you just used is what is what we embraced uh as a lifestyle you know crack houses shooting galleries um you know park benches whoring around and and doing things that you know a con- the common man and woman should probably not do and that was just like second nature to us hey listen we didn't Living a sober life was alien. I was like, what are people doing there, clean? What do they go bowling and knit? Hey, guess what? I've <laughs> yeah, gone bowling yeah, and recovery, and it's the, it's the best time ever. But I have yeah. to tell you, I, I got clean, and, you know, my story is my story, and people have walked the same path. And I don't tell, I, I tell everybody, don't do what I did, do what I say. You know, but I stayed a hooker for a long time in recovery. You know, I wanted to live, you know, that ball in life with a bunch of money, you know, no man going to pay my bills. And I did that for a long time and it made me very, very sick in recovery. And, you know, there yeah. comes a time where you can't live that life anymore and stay clean. And I remember it was a turning point in my life. I had a sponsor and she says, well, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And every time somebody asked me, I said, well, I want to be a clean hooker. I want to have a clean house." filled with clean hookers, I don't want to give money to the man, I want to keep our money and stay healthy. And the sponsor said, well, but what do you want to be when you grow up? And you want to know something? When I was a little, little girl, I grew up with Perry Mason on the TV. And I remember telling my sponsor, you know, I, I'd love to be a lawyer. Perry Mason was the coolest cat on TV. And I said, I want to be, I want to be a lawyer. I want to 
you know, help people and I want to, you know, save the underdog and defend the voiceless, you know? And my sponsor said, Rena, now that you're clean, you can do anything you want to do. And I looked at my criminal record and it wasn't bad. And so, you know, people helped me. And, you know, first I got my associate, then I got my bachelor's, and then I gave up hooking and and stripping and all that. (laughs) And then I went on to grad school and became a lawyer, you know, because, you know, I knew I couldn't really keep all those balls in the air like that. And I graduated from law school and lo and behold, passed the bar in two states. And Mm -hmm. I don't say that because I need any kudos. I didn't do that alone. I went to meetings. I had sponsors, people in my life. They watched my kids. They helped me study. I mean, the the road to success is not one you travel by yourself, you know? And, uh, and, and it's I, also and a I'm message a, you know, that, and it's also a message that others need to hear in, in the sense of, you know, if you can do it, so can they. I mean, there may be someone out there who is at the point of stepping into detox tomorrow, not knowing uh, what's next. And, and what's next is what, is what the world that you make of it, you know, you can either step back out into your, you know, crappy life that you're living, or you can step up and out like, like, uh, like you had the fortune to do. Yeah. You know, I, when, when I first got clean, I mean, you know, uh, the creed on the street is never show fear. Don't ever let them know you're afraid. You know what I mean? Don't cry. Don't be afraid. Be louder, be stronger, be more badass. And when I got the detox and, and I went into a halfway house and I started staying clean, I realized how little I knew about staying clean. But I got to tell you something. I didn't wake up at 13 and know how to shoot dope. Trust me, I paid attention. When I was in the shooting gallery, I paid attention. I learned how to shoot dope, cook the, du- cook the drugs, draw it up, go hustle. You know what I mean? I knew how to turn, you know, a bundle into three by cutting the dough. I paid attention. I was at the front of the class when it came to shooting dope or free basin or crack. Whatever it was, listen, I was at the front of the class. I learned mm-hmm. about using by paying attention and participating. I tell people that I sponsor and even other people, you want to stay clean? Ask questions. Get in the middle. Surround yourself with the pack of people that know how to stay clean. And, you know, thank God I took my own advice. I stayed right in the middle. I wanted to know what, how the staying clean was going to work. Been the best life ever. I'm down here in Florida. It's beautiful. I've been West Coast, East Coast. I might go to the Keys. And I was a dope shooting, lion cheating whore on the streets of Fall River 33 years ago. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> would you? But you make it sound so easy. It can't have been easy. I mean, even just, I, <clears throat> you know, Ray says you reach a saturation point. You don't really make a decision that it's almost a gradual thing. So, I mean, did you, you know, have a moment where you just said, I can't do this anymore? I, a million of them. A million moments. And I have to tell you, the desire to stay clean has always been a hair greater than a desire to yeah. use. And, and as long as it is, you'll be okay. Yeah. You know, I buried all my parents in here. And, um, you know, some of the saddest stuff I think I've ever gone through. But I never would have participated, you know, in their dying if I was using. And, yeah, yeah, you know, when my mom, when we buried my mom, I was like, you know, why bother? Well, I ended up having a ton of kids in recovery. You know, I got three kids now. I got four kids now. I just adopted a baby five years ago. 
But I mean, I, um, you know, I've had, listen, my life on life's terms. The bottom line is stuff is going to happen and you're not going to want to stay clean. And I could make a choice. I could call the dope man or I could call somebody in recovery. And I've always made the second phone call. I've always called when I, I, there have been a million times I've wanted to use a million times. And I've always made the same decision each right. time. And, and I've always, use. I've always yeah. said that, um, that even, even with the time that we do have me with coming on 32 at the end of the month and you with 33, you say 34. Yeah. 33 last October. 33. Um, I today, is still a good day. It's, today is still a good day I to date, you. I date guys my clean time age. Yeah. Yeah. Um, today is, today is still a good day to use because that's what we know. I mean, we know how to hide away from our feelings. We know how to hide away from our responsibilities. Um, living life on life's terms, isn't the greatest, isn't always the greatest, uh, uh, feeling, but it's one of the most important options that we need to take today because we know where we came from. And I know as soon as I use within eight hours, I'll probably be in a hospital with tubes sticking out of all kinds of different orifices that uh, I haven't used many a time, you know, so. You know, um, I always like, I always go through the scenario, like the other thing. And I, I, you know, it's, you know, it it really has been routine. When I think about using, you know, I was going, I I do this trip with these girls to Mexico and I was very nervous because their drink is, and, um, you know, I, I said, oh, my God, what am I going to do? They're going to be drinking. I, I loved tequila when I was using. I loved margaritas. And I would, yeah. I would go through the scenario in my mind. If I have a margarita, I'm going to have 10. And then when I start to get drunk and sloppy and tired, I'm going to want some cocaine. And then I'm going to mm-hmm. get that cocaine, and I'm going to do as much as I can. And then I'm going to be up for a couple days, and then it's going to be time to come down. And when it's time to come down, I'm going to want heroin. And then when I get the heroin, I'm going to want that all the time. And I'm going to be speedballing and doing heroin. And the next thing you know, I'm going to be in Mexico in one of them donkey shows that gets <laughs> raided. And then I'm going to end up right. in some Mexican so. prison. And my girlfriend, <laughs> you know, my girlfriend Maria Consuela is going to make me your bitch. And I say yeah. to myself, that's what one margarita will do to me. Yeah, so it's really not, you know what I mean? Fortunately enough, we have that Rolodex of things that we can, that get us back to the point of uh, of clarity. And with that, we're going to take a break. Call 866-472-5792. 866-472-5792. You can ask Rena a question. You can ask Ellen a question. I'll, I'll tell you where to go when Ellen and I return. <laughs> on the Miracles and Recovery Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. 
Can you truly expand your possibilities beyond what your normal capabilities are? It's very possible when you can know more, do more, and be more. Tune in each week to Shift Happens with host Karin Weary and co-host Ida Serena Lee. The world is waiting for you to show off your unique gifts. It starts with healing yourself mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. Once the scars of our past are gone, we can truly begin to shine. Listen live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Functional Medicine with Dr. Robbins looks at how natural healing and biological dentistry can safely and effectively treat most health problems. You'll hear about the innovations in both traditional and alternative medicine therapies with doctors and dentists, along with discussions with chiropractors, medical experts, homeopaths, naturopaths, and energetic healers. It's great to have all the best information in one place. And Functional Medicine with Dr. Robbins brings it all together. Listen Thursdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are listening to miracles in recovery to reach the program today please call in to 1-866-472-5792 that's 1-866-472-5792 you may also send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org now back to this week's show and we are back for the last segment of the show uh, Rena, you, you shared a little bit about who you are and, and where you came from. Um, share with our listeners a little bit about uh, what, what you do today to keep yourself focused. You know, I mean, I know life life on life's terms is is kind of uh, kind of a blanket statement. You know, for me, there's there's <laughs> little checks and balances that I do on a daily basis to make sure right. that I stay aligned with. Um, my constitution, I mean, constitutionally, there's a lot of things that have changed in me than when I was, when I, when I was more streetwise. Um, and, and fortunately enough, I still have a lot of the um, old behavior reminders that I see today uh, that keep me in check. Right. No, I... Uh... I want to say I, I start my day with prayer every day. Uh, sometimes I get on my knees. Sometimes I do it while I'm laying in bed. It doesn't matter to me. And I just say, God, thank you for the glorious life. Please keep me clean today, every single day. Mm-hmm. I've never missed a day of that. And throughout the day, um, most of the people I text or Facebook or call are people in recovery. Um, when I go on vacations, you know, 12-step meetings are global. And I've been to meetings, you know, Norway, Canada, Mexico. I've been everywhere. Wherever I travel, uh, I've, I've been blessed to have a network of people everywhere. But um, I utilize 
the hotline numbers. There's an 800 number for every 12-step program known to man. Right. You know, exactly. and like even when I go to Mexico and I go to a resort, the resorts have meetings. And I go yeah. to a meeting. And if I don't go to a meeting, I get on the phone and I go, I have a meeting on the phone with somebody. I talk to my sponsor regularly. I still write the steps. I'm mm-hmm. still a work in progress. Do I make mistakes? Oh, hell yeah, do I make mistakes. I promptly admit them. You know, I don't live a shitty lifestyle. I'm not committing crimes. I'm not lying. I don't cheat on my taxes. You know, I have four kids now. And I've got some kids out there that grew up in my house that call me mom. I'm a yaya, you know, but my life is centered around becoming better. I don't want to be that same chick. And, yeah, there are days I fall short. There are days that I, uh, you know, I lose my shit and I act a fool. I go make sure I, I... you know, try to correct it to the best of my ability. Right. You know, you I don't know, want to live that, like that. Well, one thing you, you did say is, is prayer. And when I moved down here in 2007, uh, there was a, a meeting on Thursday evenings over at the church in my neighborhood here at the church is probably 10 buildings away from me on the yeah. same side of the street. So at night, the cross is lit up. So at the, oh, meeting no started, the meeting started at 8 o'clock, and ritually, every time going to the meeting, I would bless myself, and I would say the Hail mm-hmm. Mary, going into the meeting and coming out if I saw the, if I, if the, if the light caught my eye. And, you know, like we, we speak about a higher power and, and um, how, how important it is to have that in our lives. So my mm-hmm. my higher power, you know, thought it uh, fitting for me to move into the neighborhood. So every time yeah. I drive up the hill, <laughs> four or five times a day, I'm blessing myself and saying the Hail Mary in and out of the neighborhood. <laughs> well, you're you're that nice Irish Catholic boy too, right? Yeah, you know, that's in your blood. Yeah, right. That's hey. Right. I mean, someone's going to wear that, right? So, <laughs> you so I told my daughter. I said, you know something? I said, I said, that's, that's pretty cunning of him uh, sticking me in this neighborhood. So I'm blessing myself six or seven times a day. She said, you know something? She said it could be worse things happening. That's that, hilarious. Yeah, but it's you know. There is, people say to me all the time, oh my God, you're so happy. Oh my God, you're so energetic. Listen, I got to, I got to make up for all the times I was miserable and dying and just creating chaos. You know, I was that shit that just caused chaos everywhere I went. Yeah. And I, you know, my, my, I buried my mother. Uh, first I buried my father, my stepfather and my mother. And you know mm-hmm. something? I got to stay clean through all of that. And not that it's wonderful, but man, if I wasn't clean, I wouldn't have been able to participate in that. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'll tell you a quick story, a quick one. So five years ago, you know, I was, I was, I was 55, and I was, you know, financially secure, great career, politically involved, houses, cars, bikes, four weeks, you name it, all the material stuff, but, you know, working steps, sponsor, spiritually fit, right? And I'm telling my sponsor, I'm spiritually fit. I think it's time for me, for that man to come in my life. And she said, well, <laughs> you know, you've always asked God, and God's always delivered. Ask God. So for two weeks, 
on a little piece of paper, I would write, God, just, just that man. But I didn't matter age, race, whatever. I don't care. I just want mm-hmm. that guy that when, when he looks at me and I look at him and our eyes meet, we just know. You know what I mean? It was like, that's all I, so I write on the piece of paper, God, I just want that guy that when we look across the room at each other, we just know. That's it. When our eyes meet, we know. Two weeks, I'm writing that paper, putting it in my God box, writing the paper. The second week later, on a Friday at 9 in the morning, phone rings. Some Asian cat. He says, you are baby Declan. Now, the back story is, one of the girls that grew up in my house got pregnant. She was using, and she had a baby. Baby was born addicted, and they were looking for placement, and she must have given my name. Paulina. Right? Here I am. I'm 55. I'm a jet setter. Aspen, California, Norway, Mexico, wherever I wanted to go, wherever I wanted to go. No flies on me. And I didn't like kids. I didn't want Cheerios in my carpet, milk skates on my furniture. I don't like, I don't even like them sitting near me on the plane, okay? Kicking my seat. No. No. Hell to the no. So this guy asked me, and, and, and the world stopped, Ray. And I mm. said, I'll call you right back. I called my daughter. I said, listen, we can't let this baby boy go to a foster home. We have to take him, and I can't do it alone. So by 2.30 in the afternoon, the Asian cat is sitting at my table, and we're signing the forms, and he says, go to the hospital, learn how to take care of the baby, dose them, and take care of them, because they're born addicted. They're uncomfortable with them. And so that's what we did. And Monday, we brought home this little skinny seven pounds, shaking, you know, not the cutest little ball of fur you ever see. We bring them home. And we nurse them back to health because that's what these 12-step programs did for mm-hmm. me. They nursed me back to health. And we learned how to massage him and do physical therapy and swaddle him tight because drug-addicted babies are uncomfortable, but they can't tell you. And, you know, he was medicated, and we weaned him off the medication, and he ate and slept, and he got stronger, and he got healthier. And he was about six or eight months old, and we're laying in my bed. And I look over at him, and he looks at me, and I look at him. He looks at me, and I knew right there and then that God had answered my prayers. (laughs) And he brought me my man. I said, God. He couldn't be 170 pounds heavier and maybe 40 years older. <laughs> and not so now that baby name. is five. That baby is five years old, healthy. We adopted him a few years ago. And he's the light of my life. That's my man. But none of that stuff is possible without staying clean. You know, those yeah. miracles, people go, oh, what a great thing you did saving him. I didn't save that baby. That baby saved me. Right. You know, you can't keep it if you don't give it away. You know, you take the time out of your life, Ray, to do the podcast, to work in recovery-related field and help people, you know, and, and share your experience with wonderful women like Ellen. You know, that's part of it, too. That's part of it, too. That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's all it's about. I mean, it, it, you know, as soon as you, you know, they, they say... Um, you, you meet people along the way and they say, oh, I picked up, uh, you know, I, I don't know how it happened. And uh, in my mind, it's like you got away from y- y- your basic, y- your basic uh, 
functions of of recovery. You got away from what it was that you were doing to stay clean. And and ultimately the result is you end up using, you know, like you were going on a a trip to Mexico and you ran that, you ran that whole scenario through your head where you were, you ended up on a stage with a donkey and (laughs) it may not have gotten that drastic, (laughs) but the reality is that's where we will put ourselves. That's where we we go. That's, that's what we accept. I mean, we've already proven that we will, will accept being a second class citizen or even third class citizen for, you know, until we stop breathing, but we've proved that already. So why, why would we think that if we took back our will, why would we ever think that, we would be able to get through it unscathed. But exactly. You know, it's funny. I'm, uh, I have no anonymity. Everybody knows Rita's a lawyer, got, you know, is clean. She used to be a, a hooker and a drug addict. And part of the reason I am vocal about it is I'm so sick and tired of the stigma attached to it. You know, it's uh, 100% no agree. more, right. It's no more shameful to be an individual with substance abuse disorder than it is to have diabetes or high cholesterol or cancer or whatever, you know, I don't, impotency. I don't no, care. I'd rather have what I have. And, At least I have an awareness. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But the days of living in the shadows, I, you know, yeah, no, no. Oh, hell to the no. Yeah. Well, we're in the last minute of the show. So uh, thanks for thanks for coming on. Thanks for calling in. I'm sorry that we couldn't uh, connect through the Zoom, but uh, maybe what we're going to do is That's a couple okay. weeks down the line. We when you get when you get back up north, we'll uh, um, yeah, you'll have to oh, come I'm back. Com- I'm coming back. Yeah, I'm sorry. I said, come back. It's been amazing. We'll, have, said, to, we'll have you said, back on soon. She said, come back. Raise no, amazing. Alan, I am. I'm. I've, I've already decided. I'm going home for a week and a half. And then I'm going to bring my boy back. I'm going to bring him to, uh, to, to okay. the Harry Potter thing. So thank you, Ray. Thank you, Alan. Right, thanks. Thank Stay you. on. With that? With miracles in recovery, hope is in your corner. That it is. Stay blessed. Good night, everybody. Good night. Thank you for joining us this week for Miracles in Recovery. Be sure to listen again for another edition with your host, Ray Lynch, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Have a great week. Hope is in your corner.